Jeff, we are so grateful to have you here today. You are probably one of my favorite people within the Trimble PPM division. We do not work on the same team together, but I do get to work with you occasionally, and I do get to serve on uh, the committee of the topic we're about to discuss. So once again, Tanya, thank you so much for jumping on the Connecting Construction podcast today. Super excited to have this conversation. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do at Trimble, and what your passions for are within construction? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, um, Evan, for having me uh, today. I'm definitely excited to have this conversation. And you're also one, equally one of my favorite people. So I'm glad we shared. <laughs> I will um, take that. I will accept that. Um, in terms of what I do, so I'm, I'm a tech leader. I've been in uh, the software industry for over 15 years. I'm currently a director of professional services here at Trimble, specifically in the PPM division, um, focused on the implementation of our owner product of eBuilder with our customers, um, as well as I manage our managed services division and our professional services technical service division. Uh, in addition to those hats, I am also the chair of our Black Professional professional network uh, within uh, Trimble. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my day-to-day -day wrapped up in a nutshell right there. <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI for short, is kind of like almost a buzzword these days. I feel like every any and every company in the universe is talking about DEI. And I feel like some companies do it for show, some companies actually mean it. And and I think there's, I just think it gets lost in, in our language a lot. And I, I guess I wanna hear from you, what, what does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to you? And how does Trimble support this initiative in our workplace? Yeah, it's a, it's a very great question, Evan. Um, diversity, equity, inclusion uh, is extremely important to me. As a Black female leader in the space of software and more specifically in the construction industry, um, if we didn't have things such as DEI, uh, I don't, I wouldn't have the opportunities I have today, right? Um, historically, and even currently today, uh, people of minority ethnicities are underrepresented in many industries, um, but vastly uh, underrepresented in construction, without a doubt. Um, and so I think, you know, the importance of having such an initiative helps drive um, the impact of having diverse thought, uh, diverse representation, and helping inadvertently drive the success of, of our businesses, Trimble included. Um, one thing from a Trimble perspective of why this is so important, and, and Trimble has definitely continued to put um, the money and money, not just from a physical money perspective, but most importantly, resource and time effort uh, against this initiative in many ways. Um, I said earlier that I'm the chair of the Black Professional Network, which is one of our ERNs, uh, employee resource networks within the broader Trimble, um, but we have many of those that represent various groups uh, or underrepresented groups, not only from an ethnic background, um, but from other representation backgrounds, such as our neurodiversity ERN. Uh, so it's an extremely important topic uh, for not only myself, but Trimble for sure as a whole. Um, one of the other ways that Trimble is supporting this initiative, and I actually am a member of the board of directors uh, for uh, our Trimble Foundation, which is our ability to give back into to uh, 
our communities, uh, not just within the United States, but globally, right? Helping support many efforts. Um, so one thing that the, the part of the organization or the Trimble Foundation that I became a part of this year or, or last year is with the DEI subcommittee that has been established. And one of our uh, major focuses is making sure that we're helping drive the DEI efforts across uh, organizations that are highly focused on this and impacting not only our communities, but also the businesses that surround us in our communities and making sure people have equal opportunity and equal access, right? That is what DEI does. It helps drive that access uh, for and people that don't have, you know, uh, the resources to gain those accesses or are in uh, lower economic areas of the world in our country uh, that don't get the same exposure as a part of their upbringing. But I think the one thing that I would be remiss not to say about that is that those individuals that experience life or upbringings differently than maybe say most um, is impactful to our ability to be successful in business, right? It's that diverse uh, perspective of thought and how they think and view the world and how they may view uh, solutions to unique problems that businesses may be uh, facing that makes it very important to make sure that you're um, stacking your employee base or your teams with these types of people. I love that. So I'm going to actually go off script for a second. You, you, um, Popped a question into my head. You, you, so you've been you've been a leader in the software industry for I think you said 15 years now. I'm curious to know how this conversation around DEI has changed since you began your career in software. Like I, I know it's kind of like a modern trendy thing to talk about DEI right now. I feel like in the past five to ten years, and I know the concept of DEI has always existed to companies that were truly passionate about it but how do you feel like this conversation has changed specifically in technology or been prioritized since you began your career yeah well you know in transparency i think it's always been a thing um but i don't know that people have always put forth the effort and actually put the money put the money to the action right um to support the efforts um, and, and that's just, I think, historically because people were comfortable, <laughs> comfortable in uh, executing sure. against what they know uh, and moving in a way of, of which they, they understand. Um, DEI makes people uncomfortable. Um, and I think we, given some of the uh, recent highlights of civil unrest and things that we've experienced, especially in the United States, has driven people to open their eyes a little bit and get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and DEI really is about that. It's it's about having the hard conversations. It's about um, addressing the topics of race and addressing the topics of equity for the mis, uh, underrepresented. And, and, and that makes people uncomfortable, but we've gotten to a point, I think, if I look back 15 years ago to now, I think we've gotten to a transition of leadership uh, across the globe, across many industries that have said this can't keep happening our, and have said our businesses are not being as successful as they need to be um, because we don't have enough diverse perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and, and quite frankly, the, the world is moving in a direction in terms of um, how it operates very differently than 15 years ago. I mean, you, you take things like we have metaverse, we have NFTs, we have all of these newfound things that um, impact how businesses are going to have to operate in the future. 
right? Um, I mean, if nothing hasn't told us that, we can just look at the last two years as a very prime example with the pandemic. This is a global pandemic that nobody has experienced and it has turned all industries upside down and how we operate. Um, so I think with that, DEI became extremely important because you've got to do things differently to continue to be successful. Right? And so that's, stat that's challenging the status quo of where people's comfort levels have been historically and pushing them outside of that box. Well, I just want to let the audience know that we are not going to have a dedicated episode towards NFTs because <laughs> I will quit this podcast before we have a dedicated episode towards NFTs. Um, <laughs> that's, that's great, Tanya. But uh, I, I, to follow up that question, I, I think the construction industry and, and technology as a whole particularly has faced, as you, as you mentioned, historically challenges with the adoption of DEI. Um, but we have seen that change in recent years. What sorts of factors, initiatives, changes in attitude need to happen for the construction industry to um, continue, I guess, or, or enhance their adoption and acceptance of DEI? Yeah, um, I'd say first and foremost, construction has to make sure they're ready, right? And so what do I mean by that? Um, if we're having an open and honest conversation, uh, the history of the industry shows compared to other industries that we're extremely slow to adopt a lot of things, right? Technology, um, operational success, <laughs> um, DEI is no exception. Uh, and we've been very slow to get on board with that. Um, although now uh, it's becoming a thing for everyone, right? Um, and construction rightfully so as well. But I think uh, what we have to understand is in order for it to be impactful, we have to be ready. So what does that mean? Um, I wanna highlight a couple of statistics to kind of shape, shape the answer around this. If you look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics in construction compared to all other industries, uh, African-Americans are 6% of the construction labor force compared to 12.1% across other industries. Women in construction are 10.9% compared to all other industries at 46.8% of the labor force. Our Asian population makes up 2% of construction compared to 6.4% of all other industries. Now I'll pause right there and just let that sink in for a second. Those are vast differences, right? Now the numbers aren't huge amongst other industries, so it doesn't say that they don't have work to do as well. But when you look at um, the white predominant population in construction, it's 88.6% of construction, whereas mm -hmm. they only make up 78% of labor force across all other industries. That tells me that we have a problem, right? And what we're doing um, in terms of creating that diverse opportunity of thought and within the construction, which honestly would drive how, I think how, much better we're, we're building our buildings, how much um, better we're utilizing our technological resources and, and program and project management software to execute these projects. Um, but 
Firms are becoming increasingly intentional about this change of scope in the diversity in the workforce and making construction more inclusive for all people, which is great, right? So it doesn't mean we're not making taking strides to go um, in the right direction, but we have to be ready within construction to continue to do this work. Um, that includes that you know we need to be more inclusive um, as owners and have to take a hard look at uh, owners have to take a hard look at their criteria on selecting subs that allow for disadvantaged business enterprises for instance to qualify uh, we have to look at the criteria such as their surety and experience modification ratings for safety um, they need to set specific goals for their gcs such as maybe 25 to 30 percent inclusion right now i'm throwing that number mm -hmm. out there that may or may not be right for your business you gotta assess that but you gotta be willing to help in achieving the goal and so you've got to put some accountability metrics in place as a part of that readiness uh, that helps support driving DEI as something that we have to do, not something that's a, oh, well, it sounds good and we, you know, yeah. think it should be good to do. We have to really be ready and focused on getting it done. Well, there's definitely a shift in attitude, I, I think, happening. It's, it's happening slowly, but, mm -hmm. but I do think it's happening. And, and I guess I would just piggyback off of one of your points. Um, not only is it the right thing to do uh we're in full in agreement on that but from purely like a selfish gain profiteering perspective it makes no sense to artificially limit your talent pool it just if we're if you say those words out loud that we're only going to you know consider candidates from a, a specific gender or a specific race or a specific you know, field of thought, you are literally minimizing or at least artificially limiting, in my perspective, um, your production, your production value, what you can accomplish as an organization. So that's just, that's super interesting to hear you talk that through out loud. Um, we both know that baby boomers are beginning, that generation is beginning to retire. And mm -hmm. particularly in the construction industry, we're starting to see um a lack of uh qualified talent or or skilled talent entering the workforce um this shortage began with the recession and, and there's some that think you know it will only uh grow to continue what advice would you share with construction businesses construction owners for not only attracting but retaining this sort of diverse needed talent yeah it's a it's a really good question, Evan. And, um, you know, when I think about this um, and what you, you need to be doing, I don't know that the challenge here is unique to DEI, right? Um, and I'll, I'll put myself out there. I'm, I'm at the beginning of our, our millennial generation who gets a lot of, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of, uh, comments and questions about how we you don't say right. tanya you don't say <laughs> um and and honestly and transparently i question some of the millennial generation thoughts sometimes like what? fair you fair. know um but i'm on that cusp right where they say what are we exennials i guess um but neither you're one of us there. tanya you, can, you yeah. can't escape you can't escape <laughs> well you know but i think what you have to think about is the creativeness into your approach of retention, right? Um, I'll speak on it from a software perspective, and I think construction companies have to 
do very similar things in terms of how you get um, creative in your uh, ability to retain the talent and your packaging uh, in your equity uh, allocations. Um, for, for the millennial generation and these generations, and it gets actually, I think, remotely worse as <laughs> the generations go on, it's really about feeling like they're in, they have impact, right? They you hear a lot about in the in the uh, world and across multiple industries that oh millennials just want money and they just want their money now. Yeah, that's partially true. Um, but what really drives us is feeling like our passion is having an impact. Right. Um, so you've got to get creative in, in making sure that you're aligning people to where their passions are in in the industry. Um, so whether that is someone that is a GC or a sub or an AME or, you know, um, a, a design um, person within the construction or on the software side and they're a project manager or you know their implementation consultant whatever that looks like you've got to start really engaging with your employee base on where their passion lies and where they feel like they're having the most impact when people feel like they're being impactful and their passion is being um, effective then they're going to stay despite all of the compensation um, alignment and you know uh, all of those other things that we all want, right? That's not, I, I don't equate that to just being a, in a millennial and beyond um, thing. Uh, we, we may be more aggressive about it for sure. Um, but that's what you have to do. You have to get these next generations highly engaged um, where they feel like they're impacting the world, right? They've got to be able to go to sleep at night and say, yep, I did that. <laughs> yep, I was a part of that. Um, that is what drives them to keep and motivates them to keep going in the roles that they are in. Um, I think when the other thing that is very important in these generations is that they're not having any of this non-diverse thought, right? Um, historically, I think our previous generations were very comfortable with just, okay, you, some things you just don't talk about and you move on. Uh, these generations are, are challenging that. They want to know that they're working in organizations that are all inclusive of all people. Um, and so you have to make sure you're putting that at the forefront and not putting it to the forefront in conversation or speak, but in the action, um, in the representation of your organizations. Uh, and, and so you've got, that's why DEI is extremely important in, in creating a, a diverse group of folks within your organizations. I love that. And I just do want to affirm one clear point you made around making sure that maybe some of your younger generation employees feel like the work they're doing actually matters, actually impacts the world, and actually has value. Um, I think, honestly, I think this, zooming out just a little bit, I think the pandemic kind of accelerated this conversation and this thought among not just my generation, but I think Gen Z as well, too. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think a lot of the world is, and maybe this is getting too like high level thought wise, but I think a lot of the world career wise is realizing that life is too short to work on something that you're not passionate about where, you, or work in an environment where you don't feel like you're actually making an impact and people are leaving their jobs. And we call this the great resonation. And yeah. 
you know, I, it's kind of a controversial opinion, a controversial opinion, but I'll share it anyways. I think it's a phenomenal thing. Like life is too short to not be working in a field, in a role, in an environment that you feel isn't completely and entirely soul sucking. Like, I'm sorry. Like we want to, yeah. we want to, we want to, yeah. we want to feel fulfilled. We want to have value. We want to, of course we want to be paid competitively. You know, right. of course we want to be invested in, but we want to have an impact. And that's ultimately like one of my top priorities whenever I consider a new role. So I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Well, and, and you call it the great resignation and many call it the great resignation, right? But I look at it as the great opportunity and it's the great opportunity mm -hmm. because of exactly what you said, Evan. People have realized life is too short, right? I want to be impactful. I want to be doing something where I make a difference. Um, and And quite frankly, they're looking at it as, when my children come along or my children's children come along, what will be my story, right? Mm -hmm. what, will be, what will be my legacy and how I impacted the world to make us not repeat history? And honestly, Tanya, that's like one of my favorite reasons uh, that I work at Tremble for. Like we, I have a ton of friends that work in tech, a yeah. ton of friends that work in, you know, different industries with different products from cybersecurity to literally every you know, sort of software niche imaginable. And the one thing that keeps me at Trimble is we actually make a difference. Like our products actually impact the world. Like, yes, you know, we're returning value for, for stakeholders. And of course, you know, we're making money and generating revenue and all that fun stuff. But what we're doing actually matters. And that breathes new, fresh passion into me every single day. So that's not even to tout you know, trembles horn up at all. Like I, like I, I, um, sustainability, our mission around sustainability is something I'm, I'm personally passionate about. And, um, it's just cool to work for a tech company that, uh, values those, those similar areas. So I'll end on this question for you, Tanya. Um, this has been great to have you on. What other advice would you share for organizations looking to incorporate DEI into their businesses? This, this could be outside of construction. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're a leader within our own organization, but what advice would you give to other business leaders? Yeah, yeah, thank you, um, Evan, for that question. I, I would say, first and foremost, it's a journey, right? Um, when you look at DEI, this is not a race. It's not a uh, it's not even a, a, a marathon. <laughs> it's literally a journey. Um, so you need to assess, first and foremost, where your organization is at. It's the most critical step. Um, you have to then assess what is most important for your journey and where are the appropriate wins that help you gain traction. Um, do you already have a program in place? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself, what is the maturity of your organization and or program if you have one in place. Um, more importantly, do you have an opportunity to be more aggressive? Um, this journey is about assessing and moving quickly, right? While it's a journey and it's gonna take time, you, we have to act now. Um, and as you stated, this is applicable to any organization, not just uh, construction. Um, but then another important fact is, are your leaders on board, right? If I'm the owner of a business or a CEO of a business or a GM of a division or whatever, do I have the support of my leaders? Um, if I don't, I might need to assess who my leadership team is 
Um, mm -hmm. If I do, are they ready and willing and able to help send that message downward? Um, the biggest and biggest uh, pitfall that we see in the DEI journey is when the messaging stops at the top and doesn't penetrate downward into the organization, right? And leaders have to be ready to stand behind that message and uh, provide the supporting resources and tools to their to their uh, lower management to help um, infiltrate or penetrate their organization with this what I call it, not even an initiative, a culture change, right? Because that's what it is. It's a culture change. Um, I would say, uh, but as you assess all those things, once you have the answers, you've got to meet your organization where they're at. <laughs> um, and and I'll, I'll speak to Trimble's journey about what I mean by that is where we started on our journey was we created a space for safe dialogue, right? I said DEI is something that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable about and having the hard conversations. And before you can start execution and putting action to the DEI journey, you have to be able to be okay with having dialogue and understanding. And our journey of dialogue, which has allowed us to get almost two years into our Trimble uh, DEI efforts, we just started to give people grace right? We can't expect anybody to know everything, and we surely can't expect anybody, everybody to know everything when it comes to DEI. I don't even know it, right? Um, if we all knew everything we needed to know about DEI, quite frankly, there would be no DEI. We wouldn't be having this conversation because it already would exist, right? We'd already have the diverse thought and the diversity mix um, that we should have within all of our industries, but we don't. And so that means we don't know what we don't know, but we've got to give each other grace to be able to help educate one another. And that comes with creating that, that space for a safe dialogue. Um, there's power in having those, those conversations. But I want to be clear about that safe space that it doesn't mean there won't be triggers but that's where you give people grace. And you just gotta mm. define the ground rules, right? Um, in those safe spaces of, of dialogue. And then once you kind of put these things in place, you're going to create trust and opportunity mm -hmm. that will drive this DEI culture change. And that would be my advice to every organization. That was like a sermon. I want to. I want to like <laughs> preach that. That was that was that was legit. Um, Tanya, I'm gonna throw you actually one more off script question just because I got sure. curious. Do you have any favorite reading materials or I don't know uh, video series, YouTube videos, anything that anybody could use to do some self education if they're looking to learn further and apply DEI to their own professional lives. Oh, that's a great question, Evan. And I have probably tons of them that I um, can't. <laughs> I drew you on the spot. You did. You did, but I'll throw out a favorite one that we actually just did as a part of a, a kind of internal fireside TED talk here within our organization. And the TED talk is called, and it's very short, so I encourage anyone to go look it up, but it is called Three Ways to Speak English. Um, mm. And so, uh, watch that and if anybody has what's the dialogue about it I'm, I'm absolutely open to having that dialogue you can look me up on linkedin um and we can talk you know further about what does that really mean but it is such a powerful like less than five minute ted talk that just really sparks uh when you talk about a conversation in safe space uh around 
how does DEI start and how do we begin to be inclusive of each other? I love that. Well, Tanya Dunbar, we are so grateful for you, not only within Trimble, within our own organization, but technically within our uh, our own generation. And yes, I'm going to be inclusive and barely <laughs> include you, even though you're near the cutoff, even though you're near the cutoff. Yeah. Um, we will we will include you again, Tanya. Thank you so much for joining uh, today's Connecting Construction podcast. Um, well, there you have it, folks. Tanya Dunbar on DEI and the acceleration and adoption of those visions and those goals and those values within the construction industry. Um, today's episode was great. We're so grateful for Tanya. You can search her up on LinkedIn if you have any further questions or comments or want to continue the conversation. Again, Tanya, thank you for coming on today. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, folks. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys next time.